It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, we look back at Wednesday in the NBA. There were nine games on. We'll recap all of that action. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, nine games on. We're going to talk about all of them. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Let's look at a couple of injury updates, a couple of news updates. Monte Morris is receiving an epidural injection into his back. That's going to make him week to week. That makes him... He was already a drop. We had him on the waiver Wire show this morning and he's been a drop for a while he's a clear drop now and it even further solidifies that you got to have Dylan right yes Wright hasn't put up big big numbers as a starter but he's got to be rostered Tyrese Halliburton has actually popped up on the injury report for tomorrow as questionable so that's one to watch he's had some issues with his knee earlier on this season but he's questionable if he is out obviously we're really um, paying attention to streaming in Timothy John McConnell. And then Steph Curry is likely back during this upcoming road trip, which starts on Sunday. So Steph's return is coming. We still don't really know when Andrew Wiggins is coming back. But when both Steph and Wiggins are running at full speed, it's going to be hard to see Dante DiVincenzo or John Kaminga maintain that relevance, especially Kaminga won't be anywhere close to it, but DiVincenzo will be very much borderline. And that looks like that could be happening really soon. But we'll cover everything else that did happen today through the games of the day. So we'll get into those. We might as well just get into them right now, the first game. The Chicago Bulls beat the Detroit Pistons. Bit of a uh, Michigan-based timeout snafu late in this game. And Chicago gets the victory, 117-115. Levine was great with 41 points on 70% shooting. Not a lot else there. Oh, the steals in the box are nice, but one rebound and zero assists, but we love everything else. And the DeRozan struggles continue. No defensive stats. 21-7-7. Looks like a Julius Randle line. Only 44% from the field, and again, just 7 of eight from or seven of 9 from the line. Now, 7 of 9 is not bad, but DeRozan makes it happen by being an 88% shooter, not a 78% shooter. And this keeps him like under 80% for the last three weeks. It just is hurting his overall production. When you don't get threes, we don't get defensive stats in big numbers, you've got to have something that's driving it, and that's, that's a struggle. It still makes him a buy low, but I worry a little bit about his thigh. What a big game from Pat Beverly, and... No offense to the bloke who tweeted this to me, but you know I get comments from people all the time. And people look at this, and this was great. There's no denying this is great from Patrick Beverly. 33 minutes, 5 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 4 steals, and a block. 
is a fantastic game. But someone saw this and went, well, do we add him in 10-team leagues now? Um, now that he's in Chicago and he's got this new role? And my response was, uh, yeah, look, cool, but look at his other games. 874-051-854. Like nothing exciting there whatsoever. And definitely nothing you'd want to go even close to touching in a 10-team league. Because if you add him in a 10-team league, you don't get today's game. And getting 10 rebounds and 10 assists and four steals is actually impossible to do on an ongoing basis. He will not do it. I assure you he will not do it. It will not happen. So does this... The thing I look at more, which is more in control, is the minutes. And that's encouraging. 29 up to 33, the last two games. That makes him at least into 14-team league discussions. It pushes him into 12-team streaming discussions when we're looking for defensive stats. But these four steals are the first steals that he's got as a member of the Chicago Bulls. Now, he's had a block each of the last few games, but he's not a high assist guy normally. He's not uh, He's not going to be getting big scoring numbers. He's an out-of-position rebounder, which is what he does. He gets some steals, and he can get out-of-position blocks. That's useful. It's not for everybody, and I wouldn't say it's a 10-team league spot. What it does do is obviously put a complete pin in Ayo Dosumu, who had four points in 15 minutes. Um, as I've said many times about Dosumu, I do not view him as a long-term or future NBA starter. The Bulls have pulled the pin on that experiment for this season. We'll see where it goes, but yeah, this is what I said you know, three or four weeks ago about Dosumu and yeah, my lack of faith in him long-term for dynasty leagues. Kobe White. Really good defensive stats, three steals and five assists with 14 points. He has pushed ahead of Desumu in the rotation. He's not anything more than like a 14-team streamer for points and threes. Pat Williams also was pretty good. He had 11 points with two blocks in 28 minutes, and that meant that Alex Caruso played a little bit less. Now, Caruso did have some foul trouble, four fouls in 20 minutes, enabling more from Beverly and more from Williams, but we don't need to do anything like add Pat Williams, and Caruso still stays the same as a steals-type option for 12-team leagues without providing much value otherwise. Vooch really struggled from the field, 33% from the line to a four, and had 12 and nine. Definitely not his best game, and he is now outside the top 100 uh, over the last week. Let's go to the Pistons side of things, because they did welcome some players back, but they still had no Stewart or no Duran, and then Isaiah Livers was out. So, of course, they started Rodney Magruder. For what reason? I have absolutely no idea. Could not explain it to you for a single second. It doesn't make sense. Let's talk about the things that we do know. Boyan Bogdanovich played 39 minutes and had 34 points, eight triples, a steal, and a block. Now, there will be someone in your league who is, gullible is not the right word, but reactive, who responds only to just what happened. I worry that there's going to be some Jeremy Grant knee soreness happening for Boyan at some point late March. He's already got the Achilles injury baked in here. This was great. It's your perfect time to get any sort of top 100, top 90 player back into trade. You will lose out in the short term, but I just do worry that he's going to sit more games. Jaden Ivey, 18, 4, and 2. Look, that's just a very typical uh, Ivey line. Low assists, low defensive numbers. Although, no, to be fair, he had a steal. Um, and bad from the line. It's always going to hurt you somewhere. He is okay as a 12-teamer, but far from a must. Well, Killian Hayes only played 24 minutes. Now, to be fair to him, he was a team-worst minus seven, uh, to be fair to Casey, sorry, a team-worst minus 17, Hayes. But going to Corey Joseph over RJ Hampton is insane. And we know that's insane. Hayes still had 11, 2, and 7 with three steals and remains a 12-team league guy. What about um, Marvin Bagley IV, James Wiseman? Started, played 29 minutes, and this is why we don't like him as a, a fantasy option. 7 and 9. The opportunity is there for Wiseman to get minutes while Duran and Stewart are out, but he is not a good per-minute producer. He's going to hurt you many, many times. He was a minus 16 in this game, and it's just not a long-term solution, nor is it for James Wiseman Sr., Marvin Bagley III, who played 19 minutes and had eight and nine. Now, these guys just continue to put up the lines that go, yeah, that's who they are. Rebounds, scoring, whack efficiency, no assists, steals, or blocks. You've sprinkled in, no threes. 
And this is without Duran and Stewart. They are not must-roster players moving forward. While Duran and Stewart are out, absolutely no problem with Bagley and Wiseman being 12-team league guys. If Duran plays, no chance. They're just not going to play enough, and their game is so limited that they need to play big minutes. And even Wiseman played big minutes and still shit the bed. Like That's just what these guys are as fantasy contributors, and honestly, as real-life players. They are the same player, and they are not suited to modern NBA basketball, in my opinion. But what do I know? Diallo scored well, 19-1-1, on uh, big usage, actually, with the absence of Livers and Duran and Stewart. He's a stream guy when players are out, but he has a lot of deficiencies as well, usually from the line, although he was 5 of 5 from free throw, uh, from the free throw stripe in this one. Um, not much else to talk about there. Alec Burks had 11 points in 18 minutes as well. Alec Burks. But at least we got minutes for Rodney Magruder. Got to get those important Magruder minutes in. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel with the NBA season halfway point right here. It's the perfect time to download Fangel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Fangel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and even three pointers drained. We're going to have a look at, let's have a look at the NBA draft odds. Number one overall pick, Victor Wembanyama, minus 8,000. Wow. Then it's Scoot Henderson at plus 2,500 and everyone else, 20,000. Why they even have a market for that, I have no idea. But it's over there on Fangio. And they also let you on Fangio. Combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to Fangio.com slash locked on. That's Fangio.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fangio, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The second game was something that we were all waiting to see for a very long time, and we saw it. Kevin Durant was back. He's playing for the Phoenix Suns, and they won comfortably against the Charlotte Hornets, 105-91. So how did Durant look? Someone asked me, what do we expect for Durant when he comes back? And my thing was, he's just going to be Kevin Durant. He's always Kevin Durant. No matter what he comes back from, he's Kevin Durant. 27 minutes, 23, 6, and 2 with two blocks and two threes. Like it's the most Kevin Durant you've ever seen someone Kevin Durant. And he's going to be on a minutes restriction for a week, and he will still be Kevin Durant. And then he'll push into huge minutes, and he will be even more Kevin Durant. That's what he does. That's who he is. The encouraging thing is that Devin Booker didn't take a step back at all. 26 shot attempts for Booker, 37, 6, and 7. DeAndre Ayton had 16 and 16. He was really good, but the usage went way down. 16% usage, that's expected, while Chris Paul had two points. Now, that's not just because he didn't take any shots. He still took eight shots, 15 usage, but he hit one of them, 13%. That's going to come up. But 11 assists and two steals. Paul is going to rack up some big assist numbers here, I think, over this stretch of time, but the scoring is going to take a hit. The guy that stayed in the starting lineup was Josh Okogie. We did sort of expect that, and he had four points. The good news is that he had two steals and a block. The bad news is he missed all four of his shots. We talked about usage going down for Kogi. We talked about the hot shooting going down, and they both happened here. I don't think you need to hold him in 12-10 leagues. If you want to, no worries. Do it. It's all, all okay. But I don't think you need to. He turns into your worst player 
I think if you assess your roster, he is your worst player. And if he's your worst player, that means he's a drop. That means you drop that guy and you stream guys in and you use the schedule to your advantage. Torrey Craig only played 15 minutes. We also got TJ Warren getting 13. That's likely because Terrence Ross was out. Warren didn't do anything to make me suggest that he's going to continue to play um, any sort of role that matters. For the Hornets, there was no LaMelo Ball, obviously, no PJ Washington. And what we thought would happen did happen. Kelly Oubre started and Dennis Smith was the backup. That was how it was always going to go. I look. I'll look at this and say, "Wow, thirty-eight minutes for Kelly Oubre, twenty-six and nine, great." I do not understand the idea of an NBA head coach, Steve Clifford, saying, "Right, boys, offense. It's all revolving around Kelly Oubre. Just everyone take a seat. Let Kelly do it. Does he ever pass? Fuck passing. Who gives a shit? It's all about Kelly jacking up as many and missing and missing as many shots as possible. Everyone just take a seat. Kelly's got this." What is this theory? What is he doing? Because this is twice that this has happened all season. Ubre gets in there and it's like, all right, boys, it's my show. Let's go. And everyone, no one objects to it. And and Clifford rewards him. All right, just keep playing, mate. Just keep going, playing. 24 shots, 38% shooting. My, why? What is the point of this? Now, I don't understand the rationale behind this in a logical NBA team. They're not a logical NBA team. I know that. But why? I knew he was going to start, but why give him the most minutes, the most shots, let him run everything? It's ridiculous. Anyway, he's going to have big volume and he's going to kill your field goals and he's never going to pass it. But he's going to be valuable. Terry Rogier had 20 points. He had six rebounds, five assists, but unfortunately shot 39 from the field and a putrid three of seven from the line, which really does hurt. Well, Gordon Hayward had 15, two and four. He couldn't shoot either. And nor could Dennis Smith because he never can. But you don't add Dennis Smith for big shooting. He had eight, five and six, one steal, two blocks. Both Ubre and Smith are clear 12 team league guys in my opinion. Oh, hi, Mark. 11 and 10 for Mark Williams. Stealing a block. Just keep trucking on, mate. Just keep going. Just keep going. He's inside the top 150 for the season. Well, Big Dick Nick had two blocks in 20. He's just a deeper league player. With no PJ Washington, we've got 13 Kai Jones minutes and 29 JT Thor minutes. And I don't know how many times I'm going to get to do this, so I'll do it again. We know each other. He's a friend from work. The God of Hammers hasn't really taken many steps forward, JT Thor, this season. He had a block, but one of eight shooting is rough. And he's only playing because PJ is out. While well, we saw Bryce McGowan's get 15 minutes with LaMelo out, and that's only like a 20 to 30 team league sort of situation. The next one is the Battle of New York. Brooklyn got absolutely pounded by the New York Knicks. 142-118. To talk about the good things for Brooklyn, Cam Johnson, 33 points on 72% shooting. Now, there's really nothing else happening there at all. 33 points with seven threes, but two rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, and no free throw attempts. I would say that if your trade deadline hasn't passed, there's a little bit of sell high here for Cam Johnson because that shooting won't stick. And he is one of those guys that does require the shooting to go in, and it will go in at a high rate. But just people might overrate it and go, ooh, it's location-based versus insane shooting-based. Speaking of location-based, Mikhail Bridges had 21, 3, and 3. Pretty strong from him. And Dinwiddie, two solid-ish games in a row, 11, 2, and 10. Claxton only played 23 minutes. He did have some early fouls, but it was more just a blowout. Only nine and eight with a block. It has been a little bit disappointing, but really, what can we do? We can't, we're not going to trade him. We're not going to drop him. It's just frustrating that we're not getting big minutes anymore. Finney Smith started, played 19 minutes. He's clearly not a rosterable guy, nor is Royce O'Neal. While Cam Thomas did Cam Thomas things. He had 15 points. He did have a steal on the block, so that's a bonus, but one rebound, one assist, one triple, 46% shooting. Takes a lot of shots, continues to do that. 
but continues to be a player who scores and doesn't do anything else. And scoring 15 points is still a below average contribution in the points category. So that means he is not a must roster player. Is he fine to roster? Yeah, of course he is. If you want that extra scoring boost, do it. But he's going to be up and down and adjust. He's so unwell-rounded as a player. Whatever the opposite of well-rounded is, he's like a straight square, like just real pointy corner that he's always going to be limited by an NBA coach like Jacques Vaughn. For the Knicks, the burner, Jalen Brunson. I think he had 30 points in the first half. He ended with 39, 5, and 6 with five threes. 83% shooting. That is just insane. I think like, what he shoot last game was like 20%. Big, big bounce back there. While the double royal, Julius Randle, had 21, 8, and 8. But it wouldn't be a Julius Randle game if he didn't hurt you in his percentages and didn't get any defensive stats. It's just stock standard for him. Big game from Grimesy. 26 minutes for Quentin, 22 points. This briefcase and this haircut. Do not add him because of this game. You can go drop Rowan Barrett though, 15 points, 28 minutes, and Josh Hart, another game under 30. Four, four, and five, two steals and a block. Now Hart still is a 12-team league player. His upside's just capped because of the way that they're running their rotation. While quickly only played 22 minutes, had 15 points, and Mitchie Robinson had 13 and 10 with a steal and a block on 100% shooting. Just good games all around. Hartenstein's not a 12-team league guy anymore, but 8-8-3 eight, eight, and three with a block is actually a 12-team league line. You don't want to do anything with it. You're not going to add him based on that, and if you need to clear a roster spot because you got him, you drop him. It's no problem. But he did play pretty well in that backup role. In fact, the entire Knicks team played really well during this game because uh, they got the big victory over Brooklyn. Next game. The Philadelphia 76ers, in true Doc Rivers style, without Joel Embiid, they smack down a team on the road. This is what they do. When Doc's undermanned, he's one of the best coaches in the league. When he's got a full complement of good players, he doesn't know what to do. The Sixers win 119-96. They moved Tyrese Maxey back into the starting lineup. 38 minutes, 27-4-7. and Now, he replaced Embiid, not Melton. But that was a really good game. Um, the seven assists is also really interesting. But, of course, he needs the ball. And without Embiid, he got the ball. So does this indicate to us he's going to start moving forward? I don't know. He very well could. But again, what are we doing here? We're not buying him or selling him or trading him. We're adding him if he's available, but I'm sure he's not. While the wave pool played 32 minutes to Anthony Melton. He had eight points. Cool. But he also had two threes, two steals, and a block. Now, if you need that, he brings it. No problem dropping him, especially in points leagues. But there's still got two more quality games left this week. So do a lot of other teams, though. But not many play tomorrow with only four games on. But he's not a must-roster guy. How about the big fella, Paul Reed? 29 minutes, 16 and 14 with two blocks. Embiid is likely going to play tomorrow, so there's no real utility in adding Reed outside of if Embiid sits again, we can stream him in. Well, Jimmy Harden had 23, 7, and 5, and the Thick Hogsman, no issue with his calf, obviously. 18, 6, and 5, one steal and one block for Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Um... Tucker, 19 minutes, 5, 3, and 1. Only 19 minutes. That's frustrating. He'd been getting really big minutes. I guess they limited him on the um, on the back-to-back, but that's a little bit frustrating. For the Heat, Adebayo, who had struggled the last couple. He was really strong here, 20 and 8, but no blocks and no threes. And Jim Butler only played 27 minutes. Now, he left with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They said to treat some knee soreness, but Spo also said that if it was a game that wasn't a blowout, he would have been able to play. But we know general soreness and his knee issues, it's always going to raise a red flag. I don't really know what else there is to take out of this game. Another shit shooting night from Tyler Hero, who after a red-hot start to the season has been quite poor. 
11 points, 6 assists, 27%. Gabe Vincent stunk, 4-1-1. One, one. Drop him if you need to, 11%. Victor Oladipo had 9 points in 22 minutes, but that's not enough to roster in 12s. The winner soldier, Max Struess, had 13 in 30 minutes, but I don't really think we want to roster him. And Kevin Love had 9-5 and five in 24 minutes. And for the second game in a row, Caleb Martin played more minutes than him because I think that makes them better. Or if they won one game with Kevin Love starting out of the four that they've played, it just doesn't make any sense. We've already seen Dallas bring in a buyout guy, start him, and then bench him. How long until the Heat do it or the Clippers do it? The, the Bulls, that one seems to be working out with Patrick Beverly. But the Kevin Love thing, I just doesn't make any sense to me to have him there. I don't believe that he's a must-roster player at all. He will have some games that are okay, but I don't think that he's a guy you need to consider as a 12-team league must-roster player. Obviously, Caleb Martin isn't either, and we still don't really have an update as to when Kyle Lowry is returning. The next game we're looking at, we've got the um, Celtics 117, the Cavs 113. Don Mitchell played 44 minutes in a non-overtime game, and it looked like he hurt his groin as well. So we hope he's okay, but that's a lot of minutes. He had 44 points with four rebounds and five assists, so that's obviously great. He's done. He's good. But I'm just a little bit worried there. 41 minutes for Garland, 29-3 and 9-4 steals. Big games from their studs. They went just heavily lent into their big players. 39 minutes for Allen, 39 minutes for Mobley, who had 12 and 13. Allen had five and seven with three steals and two blocks, and that meant we got nothing out of bench guys. Levert, that's not that's not true. Levert played 33 minutes. They played him like a starter. I really don't get the fascination with him, but plus 11, no one else was a positive, so I give him that. 10 and six for Levert with three assists. He's not a 12-teamer, while Okoro's minutes continue to plummet, and Danny Green just out of the rotation. Okoro played just 16 minutes for nine points, while Rubio played seven minutes. Obviously, he's nothing more than a deep league guy. Osman, the same. Wade, the same as well, who went scoreless in 15. For the Celtics, they went back to their regular starting lineup. Jalen Brown returned. He had 16, 3, and 4. JB, you've done it again. Tatum had 41, 11, and 8 with four threes. And Al Horford, how about this? 33 minutes, 23, and 11 with six triples. Now, it does help when you only miss two shots out of the 10 that you take and shoot 80% and hit six threes, a six of eight from three. That helps. But he's been so up and down this season. It's been crazy. And this was a great game. It was also a big game from the big fella, the rock DJ, Robbie Williams. I know you've all been frothing to drop him. Everyone keeps telling me, he's my worst player, Josh. I'm going to drop him. 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 Someone also told me today that I've been hyping him up like crazy this season. I don't think I've been doing that either. I've just been providing context to say that he's still a top 80 player despite your protestations of how shocking he's been. 11-11, one steal, two blocks, 100% shooting, 100 from the line. That's, honestly, that's literally just what he did last season. That They are the numbers that, obviously not 100% shooting from the field and line, but everything else, 11-11, 3-1-2, that's just what he did last season. And that's what everyone, again, overrated him for, for fantasy last season, but also looks at that and goes, would have liked a little bit more. That's just who he is. This was encouraging. He's not going to do it every game. And he's definitely been down from where he was last season. And I think some of that is scheme and knee and all that stuff. But this is encouraging. What isn't encouraging is what happened to Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon. 22 minutes, 23 minutes for Brogdon, actually. 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. It's the shit Richie Benno. Two for 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Um, well, uh, Derek White had 4-2-5. and five. We know that when this team is healthy, they get squeezed, as does Grant Williams. You've got to hold White and Brogdon barely. Williams was a DNP. Just didn't get in the rotation. They preferred Hauser and Muscala over him. Not to say that's going to happen every night, but there is no chance in hell that I would want Grant Williams on a 12-team league or a 14-team league roster. Get that garbage out of here! Yes. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, Let's do the next one. Yeah, let's do the next game. It was the, ooh, it was the Orlando Magic. They lost to the Bucks 139-117. Um, I, I don't know what to do with Cole Anthony. <laughs> I don't know what to do. 33 minutes, 28, 7, and 4 with three threes. They played a lot smaller in this game, but he played like 18 minutes last game. This was huge, but I can't trust it at all. I can't trust that I'm going to roll Cole Anthony out there and he's going to play 33 minutes more than anybody and take more shots than anybody. That's just not a likely scenario. Big here, but not reliable. Fultz had 21, 7, and 5, while Wendell had 19 and 10 in 24 minutes. As I said, they did roll small with Paolo at center quite a bit in this game. Wagner started off on fire, but pretty empty. 18, 1, and 1 with no steals and a block, or no steals and all blocks. And we had um, Paolo have 9 points on 31%. Paolo's shooting continues to be a gigantic black eye. 31% from the field, 1 of 2 from the line, 9, 7, and 5. Didn't hit a 3. It's why his fantasy value hasn't, honestly... It's been RJ Barrett style. He hasn't been good at all for a fantasy perspective for a while. He is still a hold, but yeah, it's not great. Jalen Suggs had six and five. He had two steals. He's more of a deeper league streamer for defensive stats, not a 12-team guy and probably not going to get there. Well, John Isaac was out again. Surely, surely you've dropped John Isaac. Get that garbage out of here! And Bol Bol, who played 13 minutes. Get that garbage out of here! For the Bucks, they didn't need to go that hard on a back-to-back. But wouldn't you know it, Giannis hit his free throws. 31, 7, and 6, 71 from the field, and 8 of 10 from the line. Huge. Drew Holiday had 23 points. Grayson Allen had 12, 5, and 4 with two steals and four threes. Lopez was strong. Even Joe Ingles, on a back-to-back, played 21 minutes, had 16 points with four threes. They just couldn't miss. They were just hitting everything. Javon Carter... Uh, chipped in with 9 and 6. Connaughton had 10 points. But my worries about Bobby Portis remain. Zero points in 17 minutes. Now, he played the back-to-back, so maybe the low minutes are because they played him in the back-to-back. But he has been bad since returning from the knee injury. Jay Crowder had 6 points in 20 minutes. Obviously, we're not rostering Jay in 12s. But Portis is rostered basically everywhere. And I would suggest that what he is currently doing suggests that he shouldn't be rostered everywhere. In a 10-team league, I would have absolutely no problem dropping Portis. We talked about this at length, that when players come back, I don't know where he gets enough minutes. You know, Ingles, Crowder, where does he play enough? Middleton getting more minutes? I don't think it's there. So if you need to make preemptive moves, it might be hard to look at that and go, oh, I'm going to drop Bob Portis. But I don't think it's the wrong decision if you need to create a roster spot. What he is doing now, yes, he's coming out from an knee injury, but he still will be coming back from an knee injury over the next week or so. But where do the minutes come from to push him back to 25, 26 to make him the guy that you have to hang on to in every situation? I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily there. Might be controversial, but there we are. The Grizzlies beat the Rockets 113-99. Jaron had 17-4 and four with five blocks, just a standard outing from him, while Bain had 30-9 and nine with six assists and six triples. Now, you might say that I'm biased, and that's fine. We all have our personal biases. I try to make things as objective as possible. So I'm going to tell you that Dylan Brooks actually did all right here. 
16 points in 27 minutes. He had four threes. He had a steal on 50% shooting. And I still do not give a shit and would not roster him in any 12-team league and probably not 14-team leagues. But he played well. Jar Morant had 20 and 7 with 7 assists and 2 steals. People seem to think that Jar's going to get suspended based on this report that came out today about him having a gun tucked in his waistband when he was bashing teenagers in his house. And all that is shithouse. It's dreadful. I know that. I don't think he's going to be suspended from a fantasy perspective. And there are a lot of people fake reporting that that's going around um, or that he's going to be out. So, no. Like, it's I, it definitely hasn't happened. And I don't think it's going to happen. But we'll, we pay attention. The center situation can, remains murky. Tillman started the first half, which I thought didn't really make sense against the Rockets, but there we are, 27 minutes, 4, 5, and 3. But didn't start the second half. Brandon Clark did, but Clark played under 20 minutes and had 6 and 7. It's really, really hard to consider either of those guys must roster players, Tillman or Clark. They're streamable guys, and that's about it. While Aldama chipped in with 9 and 5 in his 21 minutes for the Rockets. Okay, we got Porter back. We got Green playing. We got Tate playing. Everyone was available. And Tari Eason played 25 minutes. Yes, there are some factors involved there, but I think he had 11 or 12 first half minutes. He was the first sub off the bench coming in at small forward next to Smith and Shengun. And he had 10 and 7, one steal, three blocks, two triples. I can't guarantee he gets 25 minutes a night, but it's feeling more likely. And that makes him a must roster player. We talked about it yesterday. He's a must roster player. KJ Martin, 19 and 6, no other stats. Good to see some numbers still there with the two ball hogs back, but not as ideal as we want. Well, Jalen Green, 20 points on 39%. That's the standard from him. This is just a Jalen Green line, isn't it? 20 and three, three assists, bad from the field, and even just two or three from the line. Mm. Porter got 26 minutes in his first game back. Again, that will just assuage people who claim that he was being shut down. Not that he was good. Well, he's, well, he's better than Nixon Washington. But 11, five and two, 27%, two threes, but at least he's back. He did appear to hurt his toe again in the first half, but he played through it. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate played 18 minutes, and that's all he should play. He should be behind all these other guys. So congratulations to him. The other thing I will say to look at with Eason is that Jabari Smith played just 21 minutes because he continues to suck. He's been like a terrible... I, I thought he was a really solid pick around round eight or nine in fantasy. A guy that can get you 13 points, nine rebounds, good steals, good blocks, should shoot the ball well. Well, no, he, he can't shoot the ball at all. Has he shot the ball well for more than three games in a row this season? I don't think so. He's been dreadful, and it doesn't get any better. So if you want to drop him, I get it. You should. He should have. If you probably should have pulled the pin three months ago. Honestly, I just held some hope that he'd get better, and he hasn't. He's been really bad. I'm not going to label him a bust, but definitely when you pick someone at number three, you'd expect more output from him in his rookie season than what we've gotten so far. Four and six on 29 percent is absolutely dreadful, and he did get his minutes reduced. As for the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Um, 11, 8, and 5. Low usage with the ball hogs back. He still got some assists, which was encouraging. Shot the ball well. Played some okay minutes. Apart from the free throws, they were bad. We're obviously still holding him. But how it all plays out next to Porter, rest of the season, will be something that we do need to watch. We saw Taito Washington get the first crack at the backup minutes, but then he had a migraine. And Dacian Nix cleaned up with 14 minutes coming off the bench uh, behind him. The next game, we had the Lakers without LeBron, without Russell, and then Anthony Davis on the back-to-back set out. And they win. 123-117. Troy Brown went crazy. 19-1-4 with a steal and two blocks. We we know we don't rely upon Troy Brown, but it was good to see. And he's probably going to lock himself in as a starter now for at least a little bit of time. Dennis Schroeder hurt his ankle early, taped it up, came back, was awesome. 26-2-6, two, two steals, a block. Great value while Russell and LeBron are out. 
but remember, there's no LeBron, Russell, or Davis here. And Davis and Russell, well, Davis will be back next game, and Russell might be back next game. So that limits this. But we still look at Schroeder as a 12-team guy. Hachimura played 27 minutes. The three blocks are really good, but he had nine and nine. Like I, I'm not adding him really anywhere. Well, Austin Reeves, really good. 19 points, 100% shooting, eight of nine from the line, but we don't trust it for a single second. Streamable in 12s, sure. Must roster, no. And a lot of people looking, man, no Davis, no LeBron. It's time for Jared Vanderbilt to go crazy. Understand that that is not who Jared Vanderbilt is. He had seven and four with a steal and a block. He is totally fine as a back-end 12-team league player who provides value in certain categories, but he's not really going to be able to ramp up his game. That's not who he is, and we saw that here. Malik Beasley happens, doesn't it? He took a lot of shots and he missed a lot of them. He still had 11 points with three threes, but 27% shooting. This is who he is. This is why he is not must roster. He is probably should be rostered by somebody in your league because the role is pretty secure in getting points and threes, but there's going to be lots of ups and downs. And also this shows why I didn't want to rush to grab Lonnie Walker. Hello. He had 13 points, but 29 from the field, bad from the line and offers nothing else. And I don't care to roster him as we move forward. For the Thunder, there was no Shea again, no Kenrich Williams, but we got Jalen Williams, the Bronco, again with a big game. Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah, he's just dominating. 24, 4-7, and seven, two steals. Great shooting. Unbelievable stuff. He's been ridiculously good. And Josh Giddy, after yesterday's disaster, 22-9-11. I thought he was really good as well, although negative plus minus in a pretty big way also. They also started a weird lineup with Jeremiah Robinson Earl which, again, I don't really understand what the point of that was. I don't think that Robinson Earl is really an NBA player. He was scoreless in those 16 minutes. We had Dario Saric have 13 points, but only 15 minutes. So now we've got the Robinson Earl, Saric, Wiggins, Pig Williams, um, Kenrich Williams minutes that are going to be all over the shop, making it hard to look at any of them as musts. They can all be streams, but guessing when it's going to happen is always going to be tough. Lou Dort scored 19. The volume helped him. Not much else going on there, and that's sort of who he is. It's why he's a points league guy versus a category league player. While it was a better game from Pig Williams, who had 12 rebounds in his 25, but I don't really want to trust him at all. Isaiah Joe came off the bench and did much better than he did as a starter. 15 points, three threes, 29 minutes. As long as Shea is out, there is at least some stream value there for Isaiah Joe. So let's do the last game of the night. The Pelicans, on the road, get back in business. Beat the Blazers 121-110. There was no Jonas Valanciunas. So basically, they went small. Yes, they did start Billy Hernan Gomez, but in the important moments of the game, Herb Jones played at center. Hernan Gomez had 7-7 seven and seven in 21 minutes, and he got cooked on defense. That is his problem. He can always put up numbers, but he gets cooked. Jackson Hayes, 15-4, two steals and two blocks. They're really good numbers. But I don't know if Valanciunas is going to be out long-term, and I definitely don't want to trust Jackson Hayes as an ad. Jones, while it doesn't reflect on the stat sheet, played really well. 7-5, and five, a steal, and a three. We're only still viewing him as a steal specialist. But the other interesting thing here is Trey Murphy played 32 minutes, had nine points with three steals and three threes. Josh Richardson played 20 minutes with five points. This is how I thought things would go when the trade happened. And then two games in, Willie Green's like, nah, Trey, you're benched. Josh, he's going to start and play 33. And it didn't work. And we'll see whether they stick with this. Just another one of those things where coaches trying random things to favor newly acquired veterans versus the young players have been doing it all season. We'll see where this goes, but that is a pretty big red warning light that Josh Richardson might become a drop. He's not at a drop yet, but that's not great. The great thing was Brandon Ingram had 40 points with six rebounds, five assists, and two steals, and CJ McCollum had 24-7-7 and and shot pretty well. Both those guys with big performances there. 
Najee Marshall also had nine points in 27 minutes. He's probably the bigger beneficiary from Richardson going out or not playing as much. They went with more Najee in those smaller lineups with Herbert center. For the Blazers, well, I've got a couple of things to say here because when Anthony Simons got injured two weeks ago and they said grade two ankle sprain, it looked terrible. That's four to six weeks, maybe six to eight. Right? We know it's a long time. And I said, that's, that's fantasy playoffs done. Like he's not coming back in March, almost definitely. He's not coming back at full strength in March. I think you can drop him, all right? And I said that, and then four hours ago, it seemed like a disastrous call from me because they upgraded out of nowhere, Simons to being questionable. Well, okay, that makes no sense because a grade two ankle sprain doesn't heal in two weeks. So I don't know what actually happened with all that scenario. So it looked dreadful, looked like I'd made a shocking call to say, yes, he can be dropped if you don't have IL, right? And then he played 20 minutes. He had four points, shot 22% and left the game with, guess what, an ankle injury. I don't know whether it's because his ankle hadn't fully healed and the ligaments weren't supportive enough. I don't know. But I'm not going to rule that out. So I don't know where we go with Simons from here. Did they do the wrong thing with the medical staff and bring him back? Shout out to whatever happened with Gary Payton. Shout out to Damian Lillard playing through abdominal tears for years. Shout out to whatever's going on. It's another really bad look. I don't know if it's negligence. I don't know what it is. I've got no idea. But he came back three, four weeks early from an ankle sprain and hurt that ankle 20 minutes into the game. We just hold Simons for now. Hopefully, we're able to get him back onto the IL pretty quickly. Uh, and I don't know what that means for him moving forward. If it's a, another you know, week or two out, who knows? Not great. So what happened is Cam Reddish moved to the bench, obviously, and then played 24 minutes and had 13 points with two threes with a steal. And we know what Reddish is, threes and steals. I don't think he's must roster. But if Simons is out, as I do expect him to be now for a couple of games at least, Riddish moves back onto the stream menu. Shaden Sharp played 14 minutes, had two points. You just can't rely upon him. Bad fantasy player, inconsistent minutes, although he probably goes up. But Matisse Thibault has been unbelievable. 12 points, two threes, 50% shooting, one steal, four blocks, eight rebounds, four assists. I didn't think he had this in him. I knew the steals were there, but this is just amazing production right across the board. Awesome. Make sure he's rostered. Jeremy Grant had 28, while Lillard had 41 and eight with two triples. Oi, Damo, give us your lighter. Pretty strong game from Trendon Watford as well. Eight and five, six assists and two steals in 30 minutes where Eubanks played 18. Eubanks still got the two blocks, which is where his value comes in a 12-team league, but he's very much a fringe 12-team guy, whereas I wouldn't bother adding Watford. But the big thing here is going to be watching what what happens, what's the story, what's the excuse, what happens with Anthony Simons. Is it just nothing and he's fine for next game or are we back on the sidelines again? It's pretty big news and it's pretty significant, I think, to see exactly what happens here. Top 10 players. Oh, no. What am I doing? I've just spoiled it by putting the top 10 players list up and that's not the way we do it. We do the monstrous line of the night. Hopefully, you didn't just pretend you didn't see that. The lines of the night. The monstrous goes to Jalen Brunson. The waiver wire goes to Troy Brown. The young gun is the Bronco, Jalen Williams. And the dud of the night is Bobby Portis. Your top 10 players, number one, here we go, is Jalen Brunson, followed by Desmond Bain, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, Boyan Bogdanovich, Brandon Ingram, Al Horford, Damian Lillard, Yanni Antetokounmpo, and Devin Booker. Top 10 players rostered under 50%. Troy Brown, very good game. I don't want to buy into that. Paul Reed, yeah, Embiid was out. That's great. Don't care. Jackson Hayes, really good stats, but... I don't really think there's much to get super excited about there. Just keep an eye on it. We Larry Nance out for three weeks or whatever he's out for, at least th- at least two to three weeks. Um, keep an eye on it, but I'm not adding him. Patrick Beverly, definitely in 14-team leagues, I consider it, but I wouldn't rush in at 12. Cole Anthony, just a weird game. 
Just, just a very weird game. We know that there is ups and downs with him. He's streamable at best. Hachimura, not interested. Grayson Allen and Kobe White are threes streamers who have 12-team appeal for their threes only. Quentin Grimes was good, but that game was really a disaster, and that gave him extra minutes. And Austin Reeves probably would consider as maybe at least a short-term 12-team league guy. And I didn't mention this, but D'Angelo Russell has been ruled out for the next game. So Davis will return, but Russell will be out. So that helps Schroeder, and it helps Reeves get a little bit more value there as well. Your top 10 players in points leagues, Tatum, Ingram, Booker, Don Mitchell, Garland, Bain, Brunson, Boyan Bogdanovich, Damian Lillard, and Yanni Antetokounmpo. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.